episode 75 of The Blathering, I'm getting ready to launch a version of The Blathering called The Blathering Headlines. And if you're like, sure, Ken, we've heard you say that before. Well, last week we launched The Blathering Conversations. I've, I've, I titled that one A Blathervation, and then I realized it's a play on words, and I goddamn hate play on words. I don't like puns. I don't know what I was thinking. So apologies to our first great guest, Outlaw Adam Knight. It was a great interview, nearly two hours. Uh, one of my highest uh, viewed on YouTube, on the YouTube side of things, which um, I have a humble channel. Subscribe over there if you're listening so you can see my face more. But I understand. I wouldn't either. But uh, anyways, all this thing was a great time. We launched that. Blathering. The Blathering, a conversation. Or blat No, fuck, man. Blathering conversations. I just want to make it... I want it to be a classy, simple title of like one of those... The podcast version of one of those books on your coffee table. The Blathering Conversations. But I'm going to launch a show called The Blathering Headlines, um, where I just directly deal more with what's going on in the world, maybe more and more politically. And then, then I can do uh, other episodes of blather, Blatherings that uh, maybe are live, maybe more Q&As, and maybe are just me talking about life. It's always going to bleed over. But I just sometimes I, I want I don't want you all to think that uh, old grumpy man cat is really shouting at clouds these days because he hates, uh, you know, Lauren Boebert so much. By the way, let's talk about Grandma Bobo uh, getting it on in a theater. God bless her. God bless her. You know, she's what, 38 now, Grandma, whatever. I, you know, I call her Grandma Bobo because that's what she is. But I, I don't I don't mind that. I've had some friends in my life who became uh, grandparents young. I have several over the course of life. That's what happens. You have a kid early. Some uh, life situation happens then. Now life situation. It's just the way it is. That ain't the problem, right? That ain't the problem. And, you know, she's, what, 38? She's she's uh, feeling herself. She looks good. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll give her that. I, I, I'd absolutely throw her out of bed for eating crackers. But... Grandma Bobo wants to have a night on a town. She post-divorce with an absolute piece of crap husband who's terrorizing neighborhoods, driving up and down, shooting at dogs, whatever the hell he was doing. It is a mess. And I'm sure she's a Sunday picnic too, but like uh, she's out on the town. She takes this guy and she's vaping in a theater. And you guys saw the story. I'm remixing something from last week, which is why, again, the blathering headlines would maybe be a little quicker. But uh, this is just the insanity of where we are these days. Sound like some smart beltway pundit? I'm not. I'm just someone, uh, a, 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 a you know, step removed from from the daily conversations around this stuff. Someone who would love to just have podcasts that are devoted to my favorite Seven uh, Eleven uh, candies, which right now are the nerds. No, excuse me, the sweet tarts or the nerd nerds clusters, but the sweet tart fusions. Delightful. Delightful. Hard on the outside, juicy on the inside. Not unlike Grandma Bobo. And for her to go out and hit the town, God bless you. Single, getting separated woman, whatever, soon to be single woman again. Sow your oats. Do it. But the insanity of the situation and the discourse that follows is where I think uh, the problem lies with society these days. 
this, she's vaping. She's asked to stop. Uh, her her date, which we learned later on, was a Democrat. Grandma Bobo went on a date with a liberal crat who owns a bar that hosted drag show events. Satan himself is sitting in the theater next to Bobo. And he feel, he offers, because Lauren Boebert, an elected official for the U.S. government, calls this pregnant lady like crazy or whatever she says. And he, he's like, hey, let me, make, let me buy you a drink. She's like, I'm pregnant. And then... They get kicked out. She does the don't you know who I am thing. She lies about, I sit on the board here. She makes uh, a, a big scene. And then we learn with the, the, the CCTV footage that it's a complete grope show at this public event. Maybe that's your thing, right? We don't, we don't like to kink shame. Maybe Bobo's one of those things. Hey, you want to you get in that airplane? Yeah, go in that little bathroom? God bless you. All right. But it's not, it's not the time nor the place. And you know that. The reason you know that is you, you stand up in front of everyone often to decry the groomers of the world, the drag queens, the LGBTQ, whatever it is, community. You, may, you, you call them the problems. You point your fingers at them. We like traditional family values. Well, you and Marge Green are, 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 are banging outside your house and not in some open, progressive, if you will, relationship. I don't necessarily think open relates directly to progressivism, but, progressivism, but maybe it does for you. No, you're holding up this facade. Uh, saw a stat, I think it was Tennessee. Might have been Kentucky. I don't mean I love both. Not a not a shot across the bow of those beautiful states. But I think it's Tennessee that that there have now been zero drag performers arrested for any kind of sex crimes against children. Zero grooming uh, issues with them. These drag performers, but now thirty faith leaders, I think it is this year, have been arrested in the great state of Tennessee for. Um, sex crimes against children. That is the facade crumbling down, but so many people don't want to acknowledge it. It's funny. Grandma Bobo goes on out, gets a little grope action. She's, you know, switching the, the stick shift in the car to drive. He's, uh, you know, Honking, honking. It was, it was hilarious. Hilarious. I have a problem with it in terms of, I mean, time or place. But it's, it's the least of the sins I've seen this woman say or do, right? But the facade comes crashing down. And everyone who supports you and everyone behind that party, everyone behind those talking points, it, the facade comes crumbling down. You don't have legs to stand on anymore. Your traditional moral values, which just are ancient, oppressive beliefs. And by ancient, I mean the 1950s, the 2.5 nuclear family uh, myth. And by the way, if you have 2.5 kids, uh, so sorry for the 0.5 missing, but, you know, you know, um, 
that's a wonderful choice for you. Kids are a wonderful choice for a lot of folks. Not for me, not for Grace, not, not for this house, but that's not the only way. And you fight against that. You rally against that. You go to campaign events. You go to these, these public speaking events. And you point the fingers at everyone else. But you're stepping outside the bounds of, of, of your marriage. I, and I'm talking more specifically about Marge Gray. Good old lady Marge there. I uh, can't remember exactly if Bobert had or not. So I don't want to go down that route. But now she now, now what she's doing is fine. You're dating. You're, you're dating around. You're trying to recover. And then you get caught. And you get kicked out. And you make a scene. And you have to put some dumbass apology out there. Oh, it's just been very hard for me uh, post-divorce. I just don't know how the pressures of how to act. This is a bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. But then by two or three days later, you're back on the, I was, I, oh my God, I'll never, she, I, the, 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 you know, she gets off the airport there and the, the TMZ-like crew finds her. Oh, I'll never date a Democrat again. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, I, I, I know you were probably used to a domineering man in a relationship that uh, says, you shall do what I say. You shall get in that ki kitchen. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you're used to that there, Bobert. But I can't imagine that that guy, on the way to this alleged first date, we're moving fast. Again, God bless you. I can't imagine he's in the car going, this is what's going down. You're going to vape. I'm going to grope you. You're going to reach, give it a pull, where that's what's happening. Because I'm a Democrat, and that's what we like to do. We like to groom, and we like to prance around our overt sexuality in public. The Democrat way. Ding! Like, I'm sure that's what happened. You're an asshole. You're locked in your own world. All right. Some squeezes, some tugs. Got it. The lights are down. You're feeling it. You got caught. Now the facade's down. But what what upsets me about it is is that doesn't that doesn't change anything for these folks. There's a Democrat uh, uh, politician uh, currently going up on corruption charges. Throw the fucking book at him. Hunter Biden, not an elected official, by the way. Gun charges, okay, do it. You want to you want to start an impeachment inquiry into President Biden? Do it. I feel like John Fetterman. Oh, oh, do it. I think that's the difference between, and it's not just about Democrats. I just think that's the difference between reasoned normal people and whatever the fuck these alt riders, whatever the fuck this Republican Party is now, is that. The, the intense ones, the ones who are engaged and plugged in. Go ahead. Investigate. Try to impeach Biden. If something's there, legitimately there, a lot of reasoned people will be on board for it. I don't think there'll be anything there. I don't think anything's going to come out of that. We don't even know what's going to happen. We see even Matt Gates. That squishy-eyed, crow-magnum-looking face man is is out there saying, we can't blame the Democrats or Joe Biden for this. It's us. Yeah, it is you. It is you. Finally. What a one morsel of truth from this asshole. The Russell Brand stuff popped off this past 
week or two. And uh, it's not a situation to make light of, right? What do we have, four women that have uh, come forth? Oodles more that might not, that might not want to, or that might come forward. And there's jokes to be made. Everyone's making the joke. I I knew about Russell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. I never hung out with him, so I didn't know. I don't know. The open secret thing is a thing. I've been around some open secrets. I've been around some open secret situations that I wish I handled better. But it's not just about me or the person, the situation. It's kind of about society at large. We just kind of have always, this has been the way. The open secret of Russell Brand and, uh, you know, all the, uh, again, alleged allegations, all these allegations, all these alleged crimes, all these alleged actions seem to have been pretty well known to the point where people are joking about it on talk shows, right? We saw that with Danny Masterson with some uh, clips You look back and you go, cringe. But that's the problem. When you're living it in a different uh, set of standards for society, it's not as cringe as you think. It's just the way. I was always shy around uh, the ladies. The ladies. I think I still am. Um, I remember some friends of mine, and 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 they're not bad guys. Still occasionally chat with them. See them on social media or something. But we used to go get dinner every week. This is early 2000s. And if you think, I mean, I'm, I'm engaged, so you might not think it now. But if you, if you think I'm, you know, shy around the ladies now, if you've met me, which, again, as, as an engaged man, I, th- I think it's okay to be shy around the ladies right now. I think I'll, I think I'll run with that. But in the early 2000s, I was paralyzed around uh, the sex that I was attracted to, these women. I'd fall in love with every waitress who said hi to me. I'd fall in love with every bank teller because we used to have bank tellers we'd have to go see regularly. Um, not a good spot. Not a good spot for me to be in emotionally. I, I didn't know how to break out of that. And uh, some of my friends would try to give me the advice. This is early 2000s. And the advice was all from this idea that the women are there for you to conquer. They want to be conquered. You need to be stronger. You need to be more direct. You need to be powerful. You need to uh, reach out and give her an accidental touch on the hand. You need to look her in the eyes. And now, some of the energy behind it was needed for me because I was so awkward and nervous around him. It was was socially uncomfortable and unacceptable. But, uh, you know, these friends of mine were, were good folks, but that's all they knew. That was society, society at the time. So, not them, but if I saw other people do that, or if I saw other male friends around me or males around me um, doing behavior, uh, show, expressing, uh, you know, uh, 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 their needs to women, you know, they're going to try to conquer the, the, the whole pickup culture, which was uh, big back then. It didn't stand out to me. It didn't necessarily seem right in my soul. And I'm not saying I'm a retroactive angel here. I'm just saying, like, that's not, no. But that was how. So I just shrugged and lost. I didn't, it was like five years. I didn't talk to a woman when I moved to LA. I was a nervous, shy kid. Um, didn't feel good about myself and couldn't play that game. 
Now, the nice guy syndrome is another problem. We'll talk about another podcast. But all this to say, and how this ties into things with like Russell Brand, you, you see this over and over. These, 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 these aren't out of the blue left field accusations. They all try to act like that. But this is how this is what society, um, whether society itself is aware of it, has has bred men, straight men seeking women to do. And I'm not saying even some of the those people, friends in my life, or older mentors, anyone who told me to be assertive with a woman, I don't necessarily think that means any of them across the board were suggesting anything untoward or anything illegal or anything just morally wrong. That's just the way of it. Be assertive. You want that girl? You go get that girl. As opposed to be confident in yourself. Find out who she is. Find out what she's looking for. And if there's a shared interest, a shared uh, desire to continue it, then you got something. A relationship, a woman is, uh, is not something to be conquered. It's not something to be acquired. A relationship is something to, you hope, build together. Even a dating life is something you hope to build together. That stuff is not the way it's looked at. It's all about power again, assertiveness. Um, and so as this stuff happens post the Me Too movement, post the Yes All Women movement, one of the first ones, I think that one should not be overlooked. The earlier days of social media movements, of uh, hashtags, of hashtags starting to take on uh, bigger meanings. The, the Yes All Women have these stories. They all do. I think it would be a very rare find if you know a, a woman in your life that has not experienced some level of harassment, assault, or worse in their lives. It would be a rare find if they honestly had not experienced it. I'm talking from the low level, hey, good looking to horrendous crimes. And the hey, good looking is part of that. It's part of that. It's part of the problem. This is none of this, by the way, is to excuse when I say that this is the way it was or the society. A lot of men like me in my age groups, we just need, I think you need to look a little, look at yourself a little more in the eyes and realize just where you came from and, 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 and what we told each other. What we allowed. What was considered just part of it. Go conquer that woman. And if she doesn't want to be conquered, keep trying. Keep trying hard. If you're not being assertive enough, you're not, you're not being powerful enough. It's not what the cavemen would do. They'd club them on the head and drag them back to the cave. Do that. That's a horrible spot that we put uh, women in. That's the most important thing in that part of the conversation. But the next part is, is the prison that we lock ourselves in. The healthy relationships we are denying ourselves. The healthy interactions, the productive and constructive interactions that we are denying ourselves 
by locking ourselves away in this cave of power. And some just don't know when to stop. And someone like Russell Brand, who's had struggles and had demons, I hear that and I see that. But this is where we're at. And now we got these allegations out there and then what starts happening? You have the almost comical side of this is going on while Lauren Boebert's uh, getting felt up in a theater in front of an entire family environment on, on perfect CCTV footage. Um, by the way, I've seen a lot of comments about well, that's some very clear footage. As someone who worked with security cameras for 17 years, that's some spectacular footage. Even some of the more state-of-the-art digital security cameras ain't capturing stuff like that that well. But um, Colorado site, uh, unfortunately, one of the worst uh, uh, mass shootings inside a, a theater. Um, I can see perhaps a state need for uh, vested interest in quality, useful CCTV footage and cameras um, to get serious there. But at the same time, it's this kind of silly, funny, Grandma Bobo gets felt up thing. You got the Russell Brand stuff. And he tries to put it out, uh, a video out the day before to deny it. And, and, and this is where we're at. This is why I think they're, we're connected. And this all goes to the conversations about what we have allowed. And when the facade comes crumbling down, you've got to see it and got to recognize it in those around you. To not believe the women is a, is a problem, to not investigate the claims is a problem, to not allow in your own mind for two seconds, for 2%, that there could be something actually here is a problem. And yet so many people ready to uh, come to the defense of Russell Brand, a man they've never met and that man they'll never meet. No way. Not at all. He had pivoted from kind of an out there, libertarian, lefty-leaning kind of hippy-dippy dude. He's been that for a bit. He kind of moved on from straight-ahead acting and comedy for, uh, for a while. Uh, an early social political influencer in a way. But he had switched over the years to he's he's he's... He's on the nuts side. He absolutely is. And I don't think it was done to help build a defense to this. I don't know if he ever believed that this stuff would come out. And it's always shocking to me. It's always shocking to me. I always want to know. If, if you're out there with something like this on your personal resume, things, horrendous things like this that you've done to other people, to women, how in this day and age do you go around thinking it's not going to eventually come out? I don't know. What do you do in that situation? What do you do ahead of it? How do you get ahead of it in a healthy way, in a right way? I don't have those answers. But he gets out ahead of it by basically going full QAnon on it. It's a media ploy. It's a co coordinated attack on me. Do not believe it. It's a, it's a conspiracy against me, and that's my conspiracy theory goes back to some of the stuff I keep railing on about conspiracy theories and what they're designed to do and who they're designed to protect and who they protect, whether the uh, theorist intends to or not. And I was disheartened, but not surprised, the amount of people denying it. The amount of people that try to parse it out and, 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 and break down and just... Dismiss these kind of allegations. 
dismiss who this person clearly was and was clearly allowed to be for quite a long time. One of his co-hosts in what, 2018, Catherine Ryan, came out. She had complaints back then, left the show that they were involved in in the, in the UK. Nothing, nothing done, right? Allowed to go on. He's just being himself. He's just being assertive. Just conquering. So those are older headlines. I'm late to the conversation because I couldn't get on air till, till this moment. I don't have any solutions. I don't even have any great point other than this stuff. This stuff is hurtful and hard to watch. But it's also not surprising. And I'm always trying to seek how can we change and how can we put the best way forward the next day. And I think a lot of it, a lot of it does go back on men. And we have, I mean, when I say a lot of it, I might be talking 99.9%. We have a real great ability to just allow ourselves to get away with a lot to not take any kind of responsibility for a lot, to not realize our part, big and small. It doesn't mean we're always going to be perfect. It doesn't mean you're not going to occasionally flirt, that you're not going to occasionally flirt too hard and realize, ooh, doesn't mean you're not going to have to be corrected at some point. It doesn't mean the path you're on does not need further adaptions or changes or betterments. Just be where you are right now. And fight against those who keep building these false, faux, fake facades. And facade, I think, means all that. But it just sounds better with the words in front of it, right? Anytime, anytime you hear someone talk about Traditional family values, traditional values. Ask them what they mean. Ask them. You might get an okay answer for them and for you. But I think it all flows into this kind of power structure to allow this kind of stuff to happen. And also, if you're in a theater, I got to tell you, just wait. Beetlejuice is probably entertaining. Just wait. Just wait. We're not done yet. More. More. Oh, more after this. I really never quite know what I want to do with these blatherings. I really just, you know, just go with my heart. Go with my gut. And I I am so, I want to be clear about this. A guy like me sitting on a show like this, who used to do, Podcasts that had, um, I think, lesser emotional value. Who used to do comedy podcasts that were at times pointless and at times purposeful and at times just silly. I'm not done with all that stuff. I'm doing stand-up. I've got a special coming out. That's right. Ken Apsock in my day live in the Harrison Pub in London. Official announcements coming very soon. Still trying to do all that. I don't want anyone to listen to this stuff and think, what the hell happened in Apsock? First of all, he, like Howard Stern, is woke. Um, 
he's so serious and it's grim and it's depressing and it's not uplifting. And I wish he would just talk about going into 7-Elevens at 3 a.m. again. And I'd love to talk about that. And I will talk about that more and more and more. And again and again and again. But I just, it's hard to look out of the world, man. And I don't have, because I don't have the answers. I think why I'm compelled to do this. Why I'm compelled, I'll explain it a bit. Here's what compelled me to change a little bit of my approach. The world changes drastically, as we all know, in 2020 with the COVID pandemic. You started to really see what it could do to people. And I get it. It's hard to process that. Number one, I still think that's kind of going in some ways, right? I'm traveling to New York soon, doing some comedy with Mark Ellis. And I'm trying to get a vaccine shot before I get on those planes again. I've yet to catch it. The know of. Um, but uh, I don't want to. I don't want to play that game, you know? But that changed us. The murder of George Floyd, essentially in front of all the world's eyes, changed us. How we reacted to this stuff changed us. A demagogue-like president who tried to do everything he could to hold on to power and hold on to office changed us. And how people reacted to it that changed us. And for me though, uh, those are the events that caused me and others to look not only deeper and perhaps be a little bit more introspective, but to look back and trace how we got here. Not just to the Donald J. Trumps of the world or the January 6th events of the world, but what was allowed. This is what connects to the stuff I was saying in the first part of the show. What was allowed because it was just normal. And what was allowed because, or what happened because that was the time and we move forward and we either change or we don't. What's our part of that? And what truths were we uh, told and what truths were manipulated? Um, there's, uh, I saw something recently, someone had put on a, on a show, uh, a comment on a friend of mine's show. Um, as that friend, much like me, kind of rails against conspiracy theory thinking. And, and someone said, well, you know, but some some conspiracies really do uh, you know, come true, like, you know, the cocaine, the crack in the streets by the U.S. government and the, you know, Nicaraguan uh, drug lords and all that stuff. And that ended up kind of being true. And I, to that, I would say, yeah, 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 yeah. I actually think you're right. But I don't think that's a fine line that I don't have all the perfect uh, viewpoints on and perspective on. But the, 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 that's a fact being ignored. That's a truth being hidden versus a conspiracy theory can be a thin, thin, thinly veiled line, but with a little bit of research, a little bit of prodding, and a lot of history and time, uh, those truths will be pulled to the light. So I'm okay with investigating all of it. That's all I would say. Even even when uh, before all the alien uh, bullshit and all stuff recently, like yeah, you got a conspiracy theory. You want you think the world's flat? I'm listening. Talk to me. Tell me. But conspiracy-minded thinking got us into a lot of this because it just hides the truths of the actual situation, right? We did a lot of 9-11 talk recently, but to me, I'll just remix. Like, you know, you got all these theories about what really happened. Great, neat. But none of that deals with the truth that we as a country had become, uh, put ourselves and were in a position that other people's looked to us with hate in their eyes. Not saying that was justified on their parts. Not saying we are uh, 
uh, to be victim shamed. I'm just saying that was there's some truths in these situations. We need to analyze that. And then we need to analyze that what we as a country did following the tragedy because it was a tragedy. We have to be able to look at all of it. And I think that for me over the last few years is what started to happen. When you want to know what has changed and why I uh, go a little harder on this stuff, because I'm just trying to find my way through it with you all. And looking back on what was allowed. I, I don't delete a lot of things from my Facebook page. But every once in a while some memories come up. I leave them up. I'll take anything down where I'm like, well, that's going to that's gonna get me not in hot water in terms of uh, career. But just illegally, you know, nothing like that exists on my pages. But uh, points of view and perspectives. In which I was part of the powerful fighting against the powerless, right? That comes up a lot in the way I looked at things. I've changed that. And I want to find the ways to continue to change that. Going back to the Russell Brand stuff, that upset me this week because, last couple weeks, because it's just, man, so many, so many people, when, when Tucker Carlson and Andrew Tate and those kinds of folks are, are coming to your aid, you know, coming to Russell Brand's aid, you should question that, right? I would question myself if I was that person. And I think we should question those who think that's okay. But how do we get here and how do we keep going? That's what I'm about now. And that doesn't mean I don't love to joke. That doesn't mean I don't like to be silly. I, will, I want to be more and more and more. I want to return to that. I think I lost a little part of that self, a little part of myself. I'll be honest, I think we all did. These last few years have been intense. They've been insane. They've been crazy. But they've also been part of a long path, a bit of a culmination of the last, I think, up to the 50 and 60 years. I think post-World War II is a fair, say, fair time period to go to. A lot to analyze before that, trust me. But I do think, essentially, for me, we as a country, we as a nation, we as a people, do, go do something good. Fight fascists for the betterment of the world. I will stand by that. As war is not great, but if that's but if you got to fight, that's probably a reason to do it. And then we come back and we decide to build a bigger and better country. You have to go back to that moment. By the way, I do have some people listening to me other parts of the world. I apologize for making it so American-centric uh, 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 here today and, uh, and, and often. But if we want to do an episode about Finland, let me know. Give me some Finland talking points. But you know what I mean? We have to be able to go back and analyze that point in our history, in our timeline. Just like I think post-Civil War... You, you need to go back and analyze what happened after that. Because there's a lot of folks, a lot of folks I know, who will go back to the Civil War. And this is maybe a generalized look at it, but they kind of have that attitude of, uh, number one, a Republican president ended slavery. We, we, we fought to end slavery, and we did. And uh, at a country, at a boy, and yay, right? So what's your problem? Why do you hate Republicans, right? That's kind of the mindset I have. So there's a lot of truth in that stuff that they're saying. It's a little more convoluted. We know this. 
but yeah, okay, I get that. But then the war ends. Lincoln's dead, the war ends. Johnson's in office. Others like Grant to follow. Reconstruction. The lost cause myth. The uh, slow rise slash dispersion of the Confederacy. You have to look at that. And you have to see how that leads to around the time of World War II. And then World War II happens. World War I, of course, big as well as, I forget that. But World War II happens. And we as a nation do that. And then we come back. And the world comes back. By the way, this is the case of the world. I think you need a, uh, this is something uh, in studying uh, the young Indiana Jones Chronicles that was very clearly uh, uh, on George Lucas's heart. And his scriptwriters. I'm trying not to talk about struck work, but some of the most powerful stuff in that series of post-World War I, the leaders of the world had a chance to make a better world, but they didn't. They decided to hold on to their own powers. It was just new powers they'd acquired from the war, and the cycle continues. These cycles continue. We've got to go back. Post-World War, World War II, we have to look at what we as a country did. We expanded. We built the freeways. We built the suburbs. The 2.5 kids. Forgotten country. We fight communism. We fight socialists. Yay, that's what we do. We don't, and we don't analyze the damages that, that, that caused the rise of the religious right tied into the political right. Because um, to me, those things might be fine individually and separately, but combined, it's, 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 it's not a, a, a power, I think, that should exist. And, and, and then you've got the uh, rise of the Goldwater uh, Republicans and, 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 and Reagan and all this stuff. And goes on. We, we have to be able to look at it. And by the way, put a microscope up to the other presidents. It's not just about the R's. Look at the D's. Look at the D's. That seems, sounds weird when I say it out loud, but you know what I mean. Post 9-11, another big event. World War II, Vietnam War, unfortunately more messy, unfortunately a little less uh, clear. There's a lot of things, that, a lot of directions that goes, but I think post 9-11 is the next big thing that happens and we have to analyze it and how we got here. The Obama administration has a lot of blood on their hands. Uh, the Obama administration and era has a lot of furthering of uh, some of the um, America first, the world second, post 9-11. Um, that's one of the areas I've been reading about and studying about more, but we have to be able to look at it and look at our part in that. That leads up to COVID and this era. And I think we're in that now. And I think I'm interested, instead of having to do this 20 years from now, to look back at, well, COVID happened. A massive amount of social upheaval happened. An insurrection happened. Uh, now let's look at what we did with it. I want to look at it now. I want to try to change things now. I want to try to be better now. That's where I'm at. And that's why I'm serious. And that's why I go on these episodes of The Blathering and I'm not the silly little uh, fuckity fuck I used to be. Um, I'm definitely feeling more dour. I'm feeling more concerned. And I'm not sure how I should go forward or how we should go forward. And yes, there's a lot of theories. And yes, there's a lot of ways. And yes, there's a lot of nuance. But I do believe by looking at how we got here, we can all maybe find a way forward. I think, I hope. Also on that note, hey, I got a new comedy album coming out. Yuckers. But I deal with some of the stuff in my, uh, my act too. No one asked for that explanation. No one needed it, but that's where I'm at. So thank you to those that listen. Thank you to those for here. 
Thank you to Outlaw Adam Knight, author, pro wrestler, great chap. We sat for the Blathering Conversations episode last week. It's here on the podcast feed. It's here on the YouTube channel. More are coming. You all reacted to that episode wonderfully. Uh, and I'm excited to get back into interviews. I used to love doing the interviews here in the Knapsack Files. I think that was one of the big first changes I did where people started to listen less. Is is they used to, I used to listen, interview people in my space, friends, digital media friends. I love those interviews. There's some great insights in them. Please go back and check them out. They're on the feed, podcast feed. Uh, not up on YouTube, but check out the podcast. I love those interviews I did. But those were always done a little bit of a feeling of, 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 of me being a little sterile, I, shall, I should say. Me being a little safe. Let's just talk about the emotions. Let's not talk about the social issues behind a lot of it. Let's not talk about the world. Let's not talk about how we're trying to find our place in this. Adam Knight and I got to some places about uh, personal stuff, emotional stuff, and our places as men in this world. And more of that stuff is coming, and I hope you're on board. That's it. Thanks for supporting on Patreon. If you do, uh, Patreon supporters, if they're... Uh, uh, if you're one of them, you get a Patreon pre-roll, which is me uh, talking directly to you uh, before the show. Uh, check out the latest episode of Our Biggest Win. You know all that stuff. We're just selling the wares, kids. That's what we do here. Bye. Bye.